The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonall. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you've got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. <sighs> by the way, folks, I am your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls, and this is the irreplaceable maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. My job is to make you sound good. Yes. Let's remember that. Yes. So, <laughs> so uh, we've got a lot in store for you as we start closing out this year. Uh, this week's key, maestro? Uh, become a voracious reader. Yes, we are in our final key, but not our final show for the season because we are in a leap year. Yeah, we are in a leap year, so we have 14 shows this season. Yes, so we've got the bonus show. We've got a key that we don't have. A key that we, well, no, we just have a bonus show. Bonus key. Where we can tie them all together. Every four years, we tie it all together. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but it'll be good. Like, we could review highlights of past interviewees. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be good. Okay. Uh, so... Yeah, so we're in our final key from the Keys to Riches Financial Philosophy. We also have a great moolah word of the day. And what's coming up? Oh, we make New Year's resolutions. Yes. And on today's show, we're going to tell you why those fail. They don't work. Like hashtag epic fail. Yeah. And we're going to give you some resources to never have to make another resolution again. And what you can do instead to improve your financial freedom as well as every area of your life. Because this is stuff you can generalize to all aspects of your financial life or personal life. It doesn't just have to be that. So if it's more than money management for you, if it's career management, weight management, family management, you name it. We've got a way to help you get your strategy. And it all stems from our Three Amigos model for information processing, uh, which we need to copyright, as I've been informed. So I guess it's technically copyrighted because every show is copyrighted since we talk about it on the show. Right? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I know what music copyright's all about, but I don't know what literary copyright's all yeah, about. Yeah, and you so. would think with me being uh, not a first-time author, I would know that too. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not my job. My job is to create. Well, Somebody else worries about the legal stuff. We probably shouldn't be telling everybody out there that you're not copywritten either. Well, I didn't say I was, and I said I am. Oh, you are? Okay. I am copywritten. Okay. Because the show is copywritten. Yeah, so don't have any ideas out there for you. Uh, so, um, so the key to Riches is a baker's dozen of financial concepts that embody my financial philosophy, and it has become its own show. So if you would like to learn the last and final key in our Keys to Riches financial philosophy, you need to pop over to that website at keystoriches.com. We do have 
the show airing, if you were listening from an app or from terrestrial radio where we're syndicated, you'll be able to catch the show because it's in syndication also. So you can catch it where you normally catch Unlock Your Wealth Radio. However, if you want all of the documents and all of the cool stuff that go along and the things that I tell you that we have for free that you can start incorporating to help you deploy the keys in your everyday life. And if I say, oh, grab the worksheet or grab the strategy, you got to go to keystoriches.com to go get that stuff. Mm-hmm. So so this week's key is uh, become a voracious reader. And this helps us take our financial philosophy to the next level, because as I always have said, that this is a foundation for your financial freedom. You still need to go fill in the gaps of your knowledge, especially from what we learned about in key four, which is knowledge is power, not knowing is powerful. Mm -hmm. And the areas that we don't know a whole lot in, but we need to know, we have to go fill in those gaps. And the best way to do that is by reading. And we talk about that, uh, all the benefits of reading. Plus, we recap all the keys in this week's show. So visit keystoriches.com for more of that. So, uh, Miguel, are you ready for our moolah Moolah word of the day? Yeah, what do you got? So considering that we're in the holidays, we're in the home stretch here, people are spending money like crazy, it's important to have cash or what we would call liquidity, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So our moolah word of the day, or moolah phrase, as the case may be in today's case, is called liquid position. Nice. And there's a there's a really so one of my favorite movies is the Thomas Crown Affair, um, oh. and I like both. I both I like both the Stephen Queen version as well as the um, oh my gosh I can Pierce, see the Pierce Brosnan there yeah. you go and Renee Russo oh. version uh, and uh, when when in that moment when she realizes that he's the thief of the artwork and that she's now hooked on him and in love she calls her broker and she asks. What is her liquid position? What what can she get away with today if she had to just disappear? Yeah. Because her heart's taking over, her job, she's the insurance adjuster, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And 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 so it's her job to bring him in. It was Faye Dunaway in the first one. Right. And it's Renee Russo in the second one. And so now she's, you know, caught up emotionally. She did not take emotion out of this picture. <laughs> Key five. <laughs> But, and, it's a, but it's a movie. Yes, it is a movie. But she calls her broker and says, "What? What? What's my liquid position? What can I get away with today?" Yeah. Like if I just had to disappear. Interesting. What's that number? And so, for those of you who don't know what liquid position is, this is the number she was looking for. Liquid position is the state where an investor's holdings can be easily sold or converted to cash. Oftentimes, this is because the holdings are in assets that are in high demand or have low risk. For example, if an investor's portfolio is comprised of mostly money market funds or government treasuries, these can easily be sold for cash but tend to bear lower interest payments. So that's that trade-off that when we think about uh, our tiered investment and savings mm-hmm. and and we, we need to think of it in tiers because we wouldn't put all of our eggs into the retirement basket because we also have quality of life concerns. We may have kids' college educations that we would desire to pay for. Right. We have all these other things, plus, you know, emergency funds. You know, an emergency fund, you can't put in an IRA just to beat the taxes right. because when you liquidate it, you're going to lose 30 cents of every dollar. 
So it's like, yeah. all right, I have 10 grand in here, but do I really only want seven? Yeah. Because I have to have an emergency. So no. So we keep that in a money market account, which is an account or a fund that invests in very highly liquid securities. The trade-off of having something easily convertible to cash is that it pays virtually nothing in interest rate. Yeah. It's very, very low. Uh, but the, the advantage is that, and, and, and this is where your, your, you can think of uh, your liquid position in terms of your, what, what's in your emergency fund. Because that'll be a cash or a cash equivalent, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. And so that's what we need to think about. When we think of liquid position, it's like, what can we sell today? Real estate, not liquid. Stocks and bonds, perhaps... As long as they're not under some sort of 401k, SEP, IRA, Keog type of umbrella, because that's going to require penalties. I mean, you can do it, but it's not like that and it's not without significant loss. So liquid is what can I convert today without penalty? Yeah. So that's what we need to think about. Mm Mm-hmm. And liquid position is important, but it's not the be all end all number. But when you hear things like that, now you know what it means. What do I have in cash or what's easily convertible to cash and without a big penalty? So, so that's it for your moolah word of the day. So I'm excited about today's show topic. You're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. Yes. So let's talk about New Year's resolutions in terms of people making them. So we're at this time of the year. People don't really start making them until like after Christmas. Cause now we're not focused on the Christmas holiday. We're focused on the after or Hanukkah or whatever you might be celebrating. Mm-hmm. Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's so funny around the corner from my house, these people put up this really like you know, how everybody puts up holiday decorations or lights. They have a big banner that says Happy Festivus on their house. <laughs> it's so awesome. I oh, loved it. Great. I was like, I got to know those people. I need to knock on that door and meet my neighbors. Those people are cool. The Seinfeld references are getting lost, too. I mean, you know, it's an old show. So It's an old show in the 90s. Yeah. People are forgetting Way back. It. Way back. You remember? Do you remember the urinator? I met him. He was actually in a couple of McDonald's commercials and He's stuff. He's talking about when, when George was peeing in the shower? Yeah, but you remember the guy that caught him? I do. The tall guy that was on the treadmill. Yeah. He was also on another episode, too, is like that sweaty guy. Or I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And he might have been one of the close talkers, too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, um, you saw him the other day. Well, no, I had met him years ago. Years oh. ago, I met him. Years ago. Um, he's I, He was in a McDonald's commercial, too. Was he really? Yes. Yeah, and he said that the, the commercials are just, you do 100 takes and you take one bite out of a hamburger, but they're so lacquered with paint and chemicals to, to make them look good that you have to, there's a bucket behind you that you spit them out in. <laughs> yeah. You fake chew and you spit. You know, I got to say, that's, it's so true that, that fast food, Pictures of fast food is just so doctored up. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we're losing Seinfeld references, um, but you know the close talker. I mean, that one will probably oh, yeah. never go away. Yeah. You know, and you got a lady with the big hands. Yes. And, and remember, like, you know, when uh, uh, Costanza was dating that one wealthy girl and uh, Susan, yeah, Susan, there you go. And, and, and uh, you know, he was talking about who's the dominant force in the relationship. Jerry, you have to have hand. Yeah, yeah. 
or, or, or the dad, Serenity Now! Yeah, yeah, Serenity Now. I loved that uh, from Costanza's father. So uh, anyway, uh, so we're in this part of our year here that we're going to start thinking about, all right, the year's over. I ate too much. I drank too much. I spent too much. I did whatever too much. Yeah. And so now we're thinking about the things we want to change. And everybody rallies around and they start comparing what it is that they're going to do in the new year. I'm my new year's resolution. Going to lose 20 pounds, save a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Stop drinking. Stop drinking. Stop smoking. Stop whatever ing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> start doing something else. Yeah. And and then so we so we talk about it and sometimes people get really excited about it. Oh, I'm gonna do this and oh, this and this. I used to. I used to. And I'd I'd succeed for about a month. There you go. Yeah, the the uh, I, what is the average like seventeen days? People uh, stick to their New Year's resolution uh, for seventeen days. Is that really so they've taken a poll? Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a lot of studies done about it. What was really really funny too is uh one of my friends owns a, a line of um uh fitness um, facilities, you know, workout places, gyms and things, you know, and, uh, um, most people that are consistent in working out really loathe January because all of those resolutioners are in there and they're not replacing the weights where they belong or they're sweating on the machines or they're doing whatever to annoy you. And, and then they're gone. Like, by the end of the month, seventeen days. Yeah, and the average is seventeen days. They're they're going to be done with their New Year's resolution, and uh, but it's an inconvenience for that first two weeks. You know, for the people who are consistent, they get annoyed by that. But it's and so the question becomes, why? Yeah. Well, it's it's just a it's a positive, it's some kind of positive affirmation that that you know, the majority of people can do and they can fool themselves into thinking that they're going to pull this off and 17 days they do. Or, or they don't. Yeah. So there's a, there's a good, uh, there's great support for why it's set up to fail. Uh huh. So, um, a resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. Uh-huh. And uh, it also, it, it makes me think of um, another word that uh, an edict. So an edict is an official order or proclamation issued by a person in authority. So it's like a decree or an order or a a mandate or a pronouncement um, or a fiat. I mean, depending on how far back you want to go in, Uh in, um, you know, languaging etymology, if you will. But inherently, it's designed to fail by its very nature Mm -hmm. because... There's nothing in the resolution. I resolve to lose weight. There's nothing in the resolution that says how it's going to happen or what you're willing to do to make it happen. Yeah. So we throw out these resolutions and then we haphazardly think, well, I need to lose 50 pounds and I'll go to the gym. 
And if you're lucky, you get there and actually get out of the car and leave the parking lot and go into the facility. But there's no strategy there. There's no way for that to be successful because there is no plan in place for that. And that's the problem with resolutions because all a resolution is is a decision but a decision without a plan a decision without consistent action is only a decision right and that's the problem with new year's resolutions or at any time of the year when somebody makes a resolution so the key or the new question becomes how do i achieve the things i say i want What's your plan? And how do I do that in this uh, crazy, you know, biology-based money management perspective that we have here? Uh, And uh, we're going to talk about that in a second because... Right now, I have to tell you that this segment of Unlock Your Wealth Radio is sponsored by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners by visiting our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So as we answer this question of how do I take a biology-based approach to succeeding at achieving my hopes and dreams, and this is what we do in our third key, which is dreams with deadlines. That's our goal achievement strategy. And what? But what if your goals aren't financial? Like, what if you're already practicing the keys to riches financial philosophy, but you want to be able to expand your ability to achieve goals, not just in your financial area of life, but your whole area of life? Yeah. Well, you can use our goal achievement strategy to do that. And as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I just thought of this too. Um, We are going to have a goal achievement strategy uh, seminar, a virtual seminar. We're going to do a workshop online. And so everybody from around the world can attend because not everybody can make it to Scottsdale, Arizona uh, on a particular day and time. But everybody can get their butt in their chair at home on a particular day and time to be a part of the workshop. So we're going to, but I'm going to give you like the radio version, the quick and dirty here. And if you're interested in learning all of the specifics, plus to gather all of the worksheets and strategies that go into building this goal achievement strategy, you'll want to go to keys to riches.com and then sign up for the goal achievement seminar. But specifically, if you are joining us for the first time and aren't familiar with our Keys to Riches financial philosophy, it's become its own show, as I said at the beginning, and it has its own website. But it's a financial philosophy that I created over the years, that and, and it's evolved since its original creation. And, and, I, and I learned this from working with the investment clients that I worked with, and then the mortgage clients, and then the real estate clients, and real estate investment clients. And I found all these themes cropping up. And as I started doing research, a lot of people like to focus on um, uh, the emotions that have to do with money, um, or they want to focus on um, 
uh, eliminating debt as their only way to achieve financial freedom. Um, some people want to focus on entrepreneurship, but it, it doesn't matter what your focus is when it comes to financial freedom. There are certain elements that transcend any particular investment style to achieve significant wealth or financial freedom. And that's because we have to take a biological approach. Everybody already knows to spend less and save more. You already know how to lose weight um, because it's the opposite of whatever you did to gain it. (laughs) You know, if you think, well, I I don't know how to lose weight. Well, you know how to gain it. So if you just reverse that, that's part of it. But but knowledge is not enough. My favorite quote is, uh, and I've been saying it for the past 20 years, knowledge is superfluous without application. And I I found a really great book, as a matter of fact, by a guy, um, Dr. Nick Hall. And he wrote this incredible book. I already know what to do, so why don't I do it? (laughs) And it's the same thing that we talk about here at Unlock Your Wealth Radio and on our Keys to Riches Financial Philosophy. And it's, we already know what to do. We just don't do it. And there are specific reasons why. You can say you're stupid, but I know plenty of people that are in Mensa that live at home with their parents and they themselves are in their 40s or 50s shacking up with mom and dad. Yeah. So it's not about knowledge because if you're a Mensa member, you pretty much know how to do everything. You, or at least you have the intelligence capacity Correct. to do anything, but you're not. And why is that? Miguel, you've learned. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I, I, dare I say it's hard work. It's, it, it takes, you know, it's makes. Because of our natural drives. Yeah. That's why, that's why it seems hard because, and most of the time we don't know what goes on inside of us that makes us make these choices. But essentially our survival brain based on the way our brains have evolved still is running the show because that's our first contact with stimulus, whether it's a thought we create or whether it's coming in from our external environment, you know, and even though we can invent computers that think faster than we do, we still work with that survival brain Mm -hmm. first. And so When we respond to things in our environment, we respond one of two ways, towards pleasure and away from pain. And so even though we know better, if we're starting to have a biological, physiological response, that is why we don't get the things that we say we want. Because our ability to manage our physiology is not where it needs to be. It could be because we don't understand how our bodies work. Or um, maybe maybe we don't even know how our bodies work, let alone understand it. Maybe we know what's going on, but don't understand specifically why. And so I came up with this really great explanation to be able to do this. And so if you are a scientific person, if you are a neurobiologist uh, or a neuroimmunologist and do a lot of scientific work in the realm of the mind-body connection, it's legitimate. It's a legitimate area. And there is science that backs this up. But I am not going to give you the scientific overview. I'm going to give you my Heather Wagonhalls version (laughs) of it. And it's going to be in the ultimate layman's terms. So there's no way you can't get it. 
Right. All right. Anybody can get this because I'm going to use simple terms and a, and a very basic explanation. And I'm just going to tell you how you work. And I've come up with this three amigos theory of information processing. And yes, it, refers, it references the movie of the three amigos. And if you remember, it was Martin Short, Steve Martin, and my all time favorite, Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the three of them were all kinds of individually sort of hapless or crazy, but they had these unique talents. But when they came came together, they were actually able to overcome odds and, you know, uh, trample the infamous El Guapo and save the town. And so that's kind of how I think about how the brain sort of works. Each one has its own little deal and they can work together, but not always. And so if we think about our brains in the term, so, so we think the brain is a physical structure. So let's, we're talking about the way the mind processes things. And, and, and so we're, we're going to shift gears and, and talk about the mind. And so if you think about it, we have three minds or three brains. We have our initial brain, which is our survival brain, and that keeps us safe. So it's got an inherently negative bias. And its idea is to keep us from touching the hot stove and out of the saber-toothed tiger's talons, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so we fear things. And so, so things that scare us or startle us or appear to be painful, like getting chewed out by our boss or having to do homework, that falls in that painful thing. Because if I'm doing homework, I can't be out in the street playing ball with my friends or whatever else. So... Um, so we have our initial decision officer. That's who I call our survival brain. And he, he seeks pleasure and avoids pain in this moment. The next brain we have is our curmudgeon. And he has memories and emotions. So if the first brain doesn't get excited for any reason, but something can still be inherently negative, again, the curmudgeon is going to have a negativity bias too. And he's going to look to seek pleasure and avoid pain in this moment. And if he remembers something that was painful, even though it might be not be threatening our survival, it can still trigger a physiological response that keeps us from making effective decisions. Because what happens is we never get to that third brain where logic and reason exist. And that's logic Larry. He never gets to come out and play or do his thing it, unless the elevator goes up this three-story building. The first level is the initial decision officer. Then you go to the second floor where the curmudgeon is. And only if you can avoid getting him biologically upset do you get to actually be logical and reasonable about something. Everything we do is colored. So even if we think we're per- perceiving reality, we have all these things in front of our ability to reason that keep us from it. There's cultural biases. We've got um, hand-me-down values that our parents and and uh, uh, our peers have put down upon us. Um, so, uh, and then we have these biases and beliefs that we've learned along the way that may not necessarily benefit us in all situations. You know, the idea is that some of them keep us safe, but they don't. And so our reality gets colored both, and then so when we do get the opportunity to be logical, we've got all these filters on reality that we may not even be able to clearly make an impartial assessment 
because it's been colored by so many other things as that stimulus travels up that to that third story where logic Larry can actually do this. But if we have a physiological response, our heart rate goes over 130 or we start dumping adrenaline, our body redirects its blood flow in the survival mechanisms to our extremities. So fine motor skills, reasoning, logic, all that goes out the window. Blood circulation cuts off to that part of the brain so we can get out of danger. And so if we have to overcome that first, likely we're not going to make effective decisions. But if we don't get to overcome that, we're not making decisions. We're just reacting as opposed to um, thoughtfully responding. And that's what makes these resolutions so difficult because we create a resolution. We don't put a plan in place to support it. And all of our past behaviors are going to keep us where we are. Because every day I get up and I have three cups of espresso and two donuts, and then I get to work and I have another espresso um, to get me going. And then, you know, I'm going to grab something in a package while I'm at the water cooler chatting up my buddies before I go back to my desk. And then I'm going to go pork out for lunch at the all you can eat buffet. And then, you know what I mean? So it's just, and, and so we're also doing this financially, you know, um, we're doing this professionally. We're doing things that kill our careers, our wallets, our waistlines. And we don't even realize it because it's all biological. It flies under the radar. Yeah. It's, it's all by our autonomic nervous system from all these things that are pre-programmed. So what you'll learn by doing the Goal Achievement Strategy Seminar is that you'll learn how to overcome those. Uh, if affordability is an issue, then I invite you to kind of take our uh, past shows and listen to some past Dreams with Deadlines um, shows because that'll give you a flavor for the Goal Achievement Strategy. If you think you were committed and you're like, yes, that's me, I keep goofing up, I keep falling into these same old patterns, then I invite you to... To make the investment and join us for the Goal Achievement Strategy Seminar. Um, and it's coming up in January. So visit the website at keystoriches.com for more information. And uh, that's it for this week's show, our final show of the season and our final show of the year. So uh, we are not going to chat with you again until next year. So thank you so much for stopping by. Make it a prosperous new year. And for the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.